Hello, and welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And today, I want to lean into that joy before we get started in this week's conversation. So right now, just take a moment, and I want you to think of someone, it can be a person or an animal, someone you love, and think of them happy. Maybe they're smiling, maybe they're wagging their tail, maybe they've got joy ears, whatever it is, really picture them in full joy and allow yourself to respond to their joy. How does it feel when they are embodying joy? Feel that in your body. Where do you feel it in your body? What does it feel like in your body? What happens to your body as you think of this individual in complete joy? Now think of someone laughing, not just anyone laughing. Think of one of those contagious laughs and really lean in to that laugh. If you feel any tightness or restriction in your body as you listen to this laugh in your head, let it go, release it, allow yourself to be loose, hear that laughter. And again, notice what it does to your body. How do you respond to that contagious laughter? And finally, picture a puppy or a kitten playing. Picture otters sliding down icy hills. Picture kids playing. Picture baby goats running around in pajamas. How does that make you feel? Where do you feel it in your body? What does it feel like? How can you hold on to this feeling of joy? that is always in you. It is always part of you. Just have to remember. All right, hold on to that joy for the rest of this episode, for the rest of the day, for the rest of your life. And let's get into this week's conversation. It's with Janet Raftis. And Janet has been playing with energy her entire life. But in 2004, she began to do so in a serious way. She began with the study of Reiki and quickly became a master. She has since learned pranic healing and matrix energetics, and she's able to psychically understand what spirit wishes to reveal to her clients. As a result, she's created a type of healing that is led by her intuition and personalized to each individual's unique needs. Janet works closely with the divine feminine, serving as a channel for their healing and teachings. And she has become an activator for others, helping them to access their healing and intuitive gifts through their connection to spirit and the divine feminine in a way that feels safe and secure. She has a thriving healing practice, teaches intuitive and spiritual development, leads spiritual circles, and hosts retreats around the world. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope you enjoy your joy. And as always, go forth and be awesome. Okay, so how did you, you say in your bio that you started with Reiki. How did you get interested in Reiki? 
So really Reiki began for me as a way of healing myself because I was in a really bad place. I was at the time that I, that I started, um, I had just um, given birth to my son, um, which was amazing. I was really happy. Um, but I had a lot of unresolved trauma and from being raped when I was in high school, I had some early life trauma that I hadn't even remembered yet. Um, and I also was not actively engaging in induction because I had given everything up when I got pregnant, but I was unresolved. I was not recovered, so to speak, in any way, shape or form. So I got pregnant. I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. I stopped drugging, which were the ways that I was trying to manage my PTSD. Um, not very effective ways, but <laughs> it was what I had at my <laughs> fingertips at the time. And, um, and so what happened was, you know, I, and plus I was highly sensitive, empathic, intuitive. And what happened was I just became this raw emotional nerve ending. And, um, and then, you know, after I had Jake, I, um, I, I went into a pretty deep depression. I had, um, postpartum depression, um, and all of my trauma was coming up and it was manifesting emotionally. Like I, for, I was for sure in an emotional depression, but it was also manifesting physically. I was starting to have some physical health problems as a result of it. And so at the time I was living in a small town in Costa Rica and, um, and I was writing for a newspaper down there and I, you know, was given the task of doing a little interview with this woman who I knew, um, who I had, you know, previous to her leaving Tamarindo, which is where I was, um, and going back to the States and then coming back, I had known her and partied with her. And while she had, when she left, she had gotten sober and learned Reiki. And then she came back and I was assigned the task of, of chatting with her about it and learning about it and writing about it. And I had coincidentally or not coincidentally, right? The universe had provided me with my very first Reiki session, um, maybe like two or three weeks before that. Um, a girlfriend of mine was traveling through Central America. She stopped and stayed at our house. She gave each me and my husband a Reiki session as a way of saying thank you. We both had really profound experiences with it. I had just read a book called The Holographic Universe, written by a man named Michael Talbot, which explained all my sensitivities through the lens of science. So all of these things were happening at the same time that were really bringing me to this. So for the first time ever, I was like, oh my God, I'm not crazy. There's like scientific evidence to back these experiences I've had with being psychic, with being sensitive to energy. And then I had this Reiki um, healing experience. And then Sarah, my Reiki master, came back around and here I was talking to her and she was getting ready to teach her first Reiki class in this area that we lived in. And I was like, I want to do this. Like, I just knew that I wanted to do it. I had no intention beyond maybe this will help me to not be miserable anymore. I mean, it was really like this very short sighted thing of like, can I just not be so depressed anymore? And so I learned Reiki and I started I mean, I took it very, very seriously on a personal level. And so I did Reiki daily, almost daily Reiki healings on myself um, for a long while. And I ended up doing Reiki too, and then Reiki mastery with her. Um, and, you know, during that time started branching out a little bit, working on some friends and of course some family members, you know, my ex-husband and 
my son and the pets, you know, stuff like that. Um, but it was really a couple of years later that I, I started dabbling in it as a profession. Um, and it didn't really take off as a profession for quite a while. So this all happened about 16 years ago. And um, I ended up um, divorcing my, my husband. Um, we ended up, everybody ended up moving back to the States after being in Costa Rica for seven years. Um, and when I got back here, I, you know, I was just a single mom trying to, to get by. And so I really wasn't up for starting a whole new business. I just went back into the service industry, which I'd been in forever. Um, and, and really sort of, you know, outside of my personal healing practice and a few clients that I got here and there that were friends and friends of friends and so forth, I didn't really do a whole lot with it until about six years ago. And that was when I really, you know, I started learning more modalities. I felt like my healing had gotten to a place that really allowed me to be grounded, embodied, to create safe space for other people on a larger scale, right? More than just one client every two weeks, I was able to actually hold space and energy for several clients in, in a day even. And so that was when there was really a big shift in my, in my business and, and where I stepped into, I think, um, the beginnings of what I have now. What was that decision to make it like a, I want to say like quote unquote real business? Yeah. Um, again, it was pain driven, <laughs> which is interesting to look back at, right? Like things now I'm not in that space. So now it's very intuitively aligned but at the time oh my god I just couldn't be in the service industry anymore it was you know my I had done enough healing and was doing enough energy work and had enough of a personal practice that my sensitivities were getting stronger and stronger and stronger and that the service I mean I was waiting tables bartending and doing some management shifts like you know and I just I just couldn't anymore. Um, and, and, you know, nothing wrong with it. I just had been doing it for the better part of 25 years and I was too sensitive for it. And it wasn't, it wasn't my sole passion. It never was, you know, it was the thing I did because I knew how to do it and I didn't know what I wanted to do because I was really out of in touch with, uh, really out of touch with who I was mm -hmm. and it was easy. Um, and then I started to get in touch with who I was and who I was was somebody different and had become somebody different. And who I was was somebody who felt very lit up by the service that I was able to do as an energy healer and as an intuitive, as a psychic medium. Um, and I just wanted more of that. And so, you know, the pain of where I was coupled with the excitement I was experiencing around this, this area of growth, um, both really work together too. I mean, I eased my way out. It wasn't the grace, most graceful thing. I mean, I took a leap of faith a little too early. I kind of fell flat on my face. I got back up. I went back in a limited capacity to the service industry for a few more months and then got to a place where like, I was really able to do it. And I went, I just went full time, you know, and it was, um, you know, that has been, you know, initially when I first went full time, I, I was earning about what I was earning in the service industry. Um, like I waited until it was the same. I, I could earn the same amount because I knew that I could get by with that amount of money. And um, which was not a lot. It was still like, you know, just enough. And um, and then, you know, over the, you know, the past six years, it's just grown and grown and grown. And I really 
dedicated myself to it. I threw myself into it and I did what I needed to do to make it work. Um, I, you know, I think the first several years, the first two, two to three years of me being on my own, I was really trying to like kind of white knuckle it, figure it out, do all the stuff myself. And, you know, and then at some point in time, I was like, wait a minute, I'm a really good energy healer. I'm not such a good entrepreneur. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I hired a business coach and, um, and that was when things really shifted for me. So I want to back up to just, will you just explain what Reiki is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Reiki is an energy healing modality. The word Reiki itself means universal life force energy. And basically what it is is that the practitioner is a facilitator of healing, becomes a channel of healing. When you're attuned to the Reiki field, energy comes to you, moves through you, through in, into the practitioner's crown and out their hands and into the energy body of the person that you're working with. This energy is a high vibrational healing energy from source itself that when it enters into the person's body or energy field, because it's not just a physical body and the physical body is energy as well. But when it enters into the field of the person, it positively impacts heavier energies that have been there that have created imbalance, illness, disease, emotional instability, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so it, it, what it does is it raises the vibration of that lower density energy and then pr that promotes wellness, balance, you know, health, healthy well-being throughout the individual. Um, it is, you know, non-invasive. It is relaxing. It is you know, I'm sort of bound by um, the FDA and, and other, you know, government agencies about what I can say about it. But it, so what I'll do is I'll put it lightly and say that it has the capacity, right? It has the capacity to create miraculous shifts, right? Some people have had spontaneous remissions. They've had things happen in their bodies that have completely altered what is happening with them then. So I've had clients who have been infertile who have conceived afterwards, clients who had um, loss, complete loss of nerve damage, even that doctors had said, you will never have that back, who have regained um, sensation and the ability to move where those nerves had been you know, pronounced dead, so to speak. Um, I've had people who have overcome depression, who have overcome anxiety, you know, all of these things that can happen, right. Who have had spiritual awakenings as a result of it. Um, and so the, the potential within it is vast, right. Um, again, I'm just a facilitator of it. And anybody who facilitates energy healing can facilitate shifts like this, though, as you practice it more and more, and as you become more attuned to it, and as you've done your own healing work, you become a more potent channel of the energy, I guess is the way I would say it. Um, so really, that's it in its simplest terms, you know, um, miracles can happen, subtle shifts can happen that you may not even notice until several months down the road when you're like, oh my God, I don't do that thing anymore, right? Like it's just something that it works through us in a really, really beautiful, 
profound and magical way and subtle way as well. And sometimes the shifts that are super profound happen on that very, very subtle level. That was the best description of Reiki I've ever heard. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I also, um, and do you do distance sessions? I do. I this do. is and now for my personal knowledge because I'm realizing <laughs> I haven't done Reiki on my heel yet. I don't, it's like a total dope moment. Right. <laughs> yeah, most of my business is remote. I, you know, I have an office here in Atlanta, but um, I do, I would say 85% of my business is remote because, you know, it's just, it, 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 it really works on, you know, I was saying that the energy travels into the body of the person that you're working with, but because it is, because the physical body is energy, then that can be the energetic template of the body can be accessed from any place in the world at any moment in time. And so that's really one of the beauties of energy healing is that it's not bound by time and space. So you went, wait, when you opened your business, were you just doing Reiki or you added the other modalities already? So when I was, when I opened my business, I was just doing Reiki and, um, gosh, I guess when I went full time, I was also doing intuitive readings. Okay. Um, and I had not yet learned, um, the other modalities that I have since learned, which are product healing and matrix energetics, but I was already practicing something that I hesitated to call strictly Reiki because I was really communicating a lot with spirit guides and angels and you know goddesses and and I was the energy that was the messaging that was coming in like it felt like it was Reiki and it was the Reiki energy that was flowing through me but the guidance was taking me in a different direction and I was allowing spirit to really dictate what need what happened in the sessions I was allowing spirit guide me to do this in this way, right? And that mm -hmm. wasn't always the quote unquote Reiki way. So it was Reiki energy moving through me, but I was, I was working in a different capacity, which one of the things I love about Reiki is that, you know, because the way Reiki is how it is, it's very fluid and free flowing and open and it, it's not limited by a set of rules or protocols. And so it has sort of taken on many, many, many lives of its own through its, you know, millions of practitioners around the world. So um, it is a very fluid modality in and of itself. But I had, I had stopped calling it Reiki and started calling it more energy healing, um, even before I went full time. All right. So I want to talk more about the other modalities that you mm -hmm. use. Mm -hmm. Would you say matrix energetics? Mm -hmm. I've never heard of that. What's that one? So matrix is different. So pranic healing is similar-ish to Reiki in the sense that it's energy that's channeled through somebody and out their hands. Matrix energetics is like a completely different way to work with energy. It's almost like being a wizard. So <laughs> you're interacting with the field in such a way, and it's hard to describe. You're interacting with the field in such a way that it pro promotes shifting in the field of the client. This might be working through frequencies. Um, 
it might be like calling in certain frequencies that carry certain charges that can promote a certain type of change within the person. It might be with working with the template of that person from a parallel lifetime or from a past lifetime or from a future lifetime. It might be from connecting to random, seemingly random points in space, bringing those together to collapse a wave and create change in the, in the physical. Um, it's really a, a powerful modality. The man who Richard Bartlett, who first came up with it, was a chiropractor and a naturopath. And he was working on a woman who had like a giant, um, either sister tumor, tumor, I don't remember now, like on the back of her head, neck. And he was doing some adjusting work and he received some guidance to just do this really non-invasive thing with his fingers. And when he did that, which is now called the two point, when he did that, something in her shifted and her whole body aligned and this tumor just completely disappeared before their eyes. Um, and so things like that do happen in matrix. Um, and it's quite profound. And I think it's really about getting to a place of understanding how this field of energy around us works and that through consciously interacting with it, we can manipulate it in such a way as to promote positive or beneficial shifts in somebody's energy field. So what's it like, the question I want to ask is what's it like being you? Um, like in, are you feeling energy all the time? Are you seeing energy all the time? Are you able to turn it off? Is like grocery shopping a lot? Uh, that's so funny because grocery shopping is the, is the example that I use in like almost every class I ever teach uh, for, for sensitive people. So I have had to do a lot of work to understand how to feel empowered with my sensitivities because I did not at first, I felt very victimized by my sensitivities. Like, Oh my God, it's too much. I can't take it. I, you know, and it was like, it would leave me sort of wrecked. You know, I can only do a one healing session a week. I would feel sick and drained afterwards. Um, and, and the Reiki energy itself is very pure. It, it, you know, it, it, there's nothing in Reiki itself that will cause you to feel that way. It was me in my own drama of taking on stuff from other people that was causing it. And so I learned how to manage my sensitivities and to feel really empowered with them, like to not take on things that aren't mine to take on. So when I am contracted with a client who has scheduled a session with me and who has paid for that session, right? So that a person has set up the appointment, paid for the appointment. Their appointment is at 10 o'clock Wednesday morning. You know, at 10 o'clock, my whole field turns on and connects to that person because that's my job and being highly sensitive allows me to be really good at my job. Um, and I fully connect with that person for the 50 minutes that I'm transmitting the healing to that person. At the end of that 50 minutes, I completely disconnect my energy field from that person. And it's like a snap of my fingers almost. Like that's how I envision it now. It's just a complete separation of our energies. And, and then it's done, right? And then even as I'm in the grocery store or anywhere I go, 
Now, granted, if I'm tired or if I'm hungry or something like that, you know, my defenses aren't quite as strong. And so I also know when not to go to the grocery store, right? But part of it is that I just know that I'm not going to take on other people's stuff. I have like, I might acknowledge it. I might be like, whoa, that person's energy is not something I want to be around, but I'm not taking it on. Right. And so there's very much a difference as I have become very aware and embodied, right. And aware of my energy and embodied in my own physical expression. Um, it has been, you know, it's made it to where I can do many sessions during the course of a week and still show up for my family and, you know, do the things I need to do. Um, as far as like, reading people and stuff like that, I, I turn, you know, other than what I need to know, right? So if I meet somebody who's like, hey, you know, I would really love to, you know, get together with you and talk about blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get an impression of that person. Is this somebody that I want to spend my time with? Is this person's energy focused to me? But I'm not ever like reading people. I'm not going into people. I know that there are some psychics out there who like to keep their energy field open for that sort of thing. That doesn't feel good to me. It doesn't feel good personally to me. I don't really want to utilize my energy that way, but it also feels a little invasive um, of other people. And so for me, I just prefer to as much as possible, you know, honor my sensitivities and, and my intuition. Like when I need to know something, I, I want to know it, but I don't need to know things I don't need to know. <laughs> It's like you don't need to be reading all the time. You don't need to be listening to stuff all the time. You don't need to be on all the time. No, I don't need to be on all the time. I don't want to be on all the time. Yeah. All right. So asking for myself, asking for other people, mm -hmm. I'm always looking for more thoughts on turning it off. On, mm -hmm. um, what's, I don't want to use the word defend or protect because that's not quite right, but like not taking yeah. this energy. You're so on my page. I talk about this all the time. Like using even the word protection or defense indicates that there's something that you need to protect yourself from. Yeah. So shifting that mentality is hugely beneficial, right? Like even that, just not even acknowledging that you need the protection. So for me, when I was using like shields and, you know, bubbles and all the stuff that you read about. Disco ball. That was one of my early <laughs> <laughs> ones I would envision that as in a disco ball. Right. Um, you know, when I was using that, I felt like, oh my God, my protection's not up or oh my God, like it was this constant thing. And now I'm just like, I don't need protection because my energy field is strong. I take care of my energy field. I, I have a lot of self-care practices. I make sure my energy field is strengthened. I imagine it like a force field of light around me and that that force field of light allows in positive energy because I want the positive to come in. So that's the other thing about shields and disco balls and all that is it doesn't let anything in. Yeah. So, you know, the force field allows what I want in and it filters out what I don't want. It filters out the lower vibrational energies. And so that's been really impactful for me. Yeah, I love that visual. And as you're describing that, I'm like, oh, I think you just put words to how I'm doing it. Because I haven't thought about it for a while. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Huh. Okay, so you mentioned past lives and future lives. Mm -hmm. For the people that are like, what? <laughs> Can you explain that a little bit? 
Yeah, I'll try to, um, I'll try to keep it kind of simple. So, you know, our soul energy, um, is, is much more expansive than the physical body that, that, it encapsulates. And I like to say that, you know, we hear the uh, expressions like, you know, um, our, we're a soul in a physical experience. Um, I think that really we are, um, we are, it's, it's a soul energy and our soul expresses itself in different ways. Um, through different forms of life in different places in different times so that it may know itself in different ways and may know itself more completely so for example um, there's so many different ways we can go with this I'm really trying to and I'm <laughs> in my mind trying to keep it kind of narrow um, the easiest the, the most straightforward way to say is with that understanding is that our souls have incarnated over the course of what we've created as a chronological timeline, right? This is the chronos time is um, what we've created to make time intelligible to us. But in soul time, which is known as Kairos, there is no time, right? And this is what, what science actually shows us is that everything's actually happening now. Um, but we in our physical bodies and with the ego operating can't quite wrap ourselves around that idea. And so we've created chronological time to help us understand that. So in chronological time, our, our soul may have incarnated, you know, several hundred times or a thousand times in the past what we call the past and also will be doing so in the future what we call the future it is possible through past life regression work through energy healing work through um meditation to have memories of past lives come up and 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 i i for all of the doubters out there i like to and it's okay to be a doubter like i was a total skeptic on so many things i mean if y'all knew my story, I was like, okay, Reiki's real, but there are no such things as angels until a huge angel was in my living room. You know, it was like, I've had many experiences like that. When finally I was like, the only thing limiting, limiting me is me. Um, it sounds so, like the universe likes to show you things like go pretty big for you. Yes, totally. <laughs> it's not like a, like, yeah. So it was a big angel in your living room, not like a little one flitting around that you're like, oh, I wonder if that's an angel. No, it was like a giant Mar Archangel Michael and he like made me sweat and like, <laughs> um, so, um, but you can, so the, for the people who are skeptical and there's this, you can look this up on YouTube and it is, I think it's called like, you look up, you just Google like reincarnation and I think it's under the name little man, but it's the story. If I'm, I'll give you enough of the story so you can find it of this young boy who was like four or five um, here in the United States. And he started having profound memories of, he started acting out being a fighter pilot in World War II. And his parents were like, what the hell is going on? 
he like had, um, he knew the name of his plane. He knew his name. He knew the names of the people who were in his battalion. He knew where they were, like all of this stuff that no child his age would ever know. So finally his parents were like, and he was, it was traumatic because he died. He, his plane went down. And so his parents were like, we have got to figure this out. Right. So they did some research and they came across him. They came across him, the name he had given his battalion, the name of his plane. I have every, I everything that this kid had said checked out. He had drawn pictures. I mean, everything checked out. It was crazy. They ended up, he knew who his sister was and he knew information about this, about some stuff that the sister had in her possession that nobody but the sister knew. And he said something like, find out from my sister, blah, blah, blah. Right. Anyway, they found the sister and they met <laughs> and she had the stuff that he talked about. And finally they were able to take him to where his plane went down and he was able to have like some experience of closure and only then did like his nightmares and stuff stop. It's crazy. So how anyway, long ago did this happen? So this was within the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah. I've heard snippets of this story and I heard, I was listening to, I think it was the Invisibilia podcast recently. And I thought this was what they were talking about. They were talking about a four-year-old boy who kept saying his name used to be, and he, he had this name and he had like all these details. And um, frankly, I was disappointed in the episode because they basically went nowhere with it. Um, <laughs> they talked to a psychologist briefly and then, Right. Yeah. It went nowhere. I was so like, I was so into the story. You were so ready for it. I was so yeah. committed. And there was there's, um, there's also some books by a man named Brian Weiss, who he has written. He, he is a psychologist who, who accidentally took somebody into a past life. And he was one of the first people to really from a clinical standpoint, start doing this work. I mean, he was like hiding it from his colleagues at first, but he's since written many books and he, teaches people the modality so that they can practice it so they can become regressionists for this. And his books are fascinating. Um, the first one he wrote was many lives, many masters. And it's a beautiful story, extremely readable. Um, and I think a really great, I mean, it's, it's a lot of people's introduction into past life work and, and past life work for those of you who do start to like, you know, work or are already doing energy work or doing intuitive work. Um, you know, it, at some point it starts coming up, you know, I've had spontaneous memories of things that have happened and have seen, you know, past, past lives and future lives. Um, I also believe that, you know, these, these lifetimes come up in conjunction with what we're needing to heal in this lifetime right now. Mm -hmm. Right. So when I did my very first past life regression, I was really working on empowerment. It was when I had just started my healing journey in Costa Rica. I was really working on personal empowerment. And so the lifetime that came up for me was like a really depressing one where I was like abused and like, you know, it was terrible. But that was, you know, healing that lifetime helped me to begin the process of healing it in this lifetime. Um, I also have a client who, you know, every year, um, this person gets 
was getting sick around the same time of year, every single year. It, doctors couldn't explain it. Nobody could explain it. It was seemingly random yet very purposeful. It was the same time every year. And, um, and his sibling would also get some sort of sickness at the same time. And, you know, ultimately, um, this, uh, this client did a past life regression with one of my colleagues and in conjunction with a healing session with me and, and it stopped and for two years now hasn't gotten sick at that time, um, nor has his sister. So there's something very powerful in this idea that, that energy is non-local, non-linear, and that we can access these other experiences that our soul bodies are having um, so that we can promote healing in this particular container that we're in right now, as well as the soul energy that, that's with us, right? That's always with us. So when we experience like intuitive knowing claircognizance mm -hmm. is it because that thing has already happened and is is happening at the same time i mean that's the question sort of right it's like it yes i mean yes it is um i i believe that when we have a psychic vision or a psychic knowingness what is happening is we're getting information from the field that's encoded in the field. This works past, present, future. The thing about future though, is that we always have free will. I think that's so important to remember. Like none of, no, there's no destiny that's etched in stone. We get to choose it and co-create it, right? And this is yeah. really important to remember. If you're struggling with finances or in relationships or whatever, like that doesn't mean that you're going to always be struggling in that. You might go get a reading from, you know, a tarot card reader or a psychic and, and that person might say, you know, and I think that this is, you know, something that can be a disservice. Like, well, you're going to, you know, you're never going to be happy in love. You know, you're never going to be lucky in love. I think it's so important for us to remember that that is not the truth because we have the opportunity and the option to change anything we're doing the way that our, our our life course is moving in any given moment it is not predetermined and so anything can shift and change that's the magic of all of it right that's what you know and when we're really engaged in that energy that's that that's a part of the joy of of life is is changing those patterns and and finding more fulfillment experiencing you know the more potential within ourselves um so um, but when we're, to get back to the question, um, you know, so we're seeing things in the field that are there, are they there because it has, it's, it, they're there because it's happening right now, but it's an infinite field of potentiality. If we live in an infinite universe, there are infinite possibilities, right? So what happens is we tap into these lines of probability is almost what it's like or soul experience that's relevant right then. So it's relevant right then, so it, it brings up, like it activates within us the remembrance of that or the, or the alignment of it with our soul's truth, which often can be felt in goosebumps or tears or just that deep knowing this as if, yes, this resonates with me, right? And so that is like one aspect of it. And I think that we can even go, you know, further with that and say that we have this, we have this potential and we might see this thing, 
but we also can utilize that experience of pure potentiality to shift and change. So what is more common in a psychic reading, I think for me and a lot of my colleagues that feel similarly as I do is, you know, if you continue along the course that you're on, this is what I see as likely as happening. If you heal this thing right here, then, then this other potential opens up for you, right? It's like, we always, we're always at a fork in the road, no matter what. It's always a choose your own adventure. Yeah, totally. So for you, okay, you started like Reiki was your gateway, Mm -hmm. but you knew you were already, or maybe you didn't know, Mm -hmm. but you were already highly sensitive. Mm -hmm. Um, How did that show up for you? Like, did you, were you highly sensitive as a kid? Did you know it? Did you, how'd you handle it? Yeah, I was highly sensitive as a kid. I could always see energy. Um, what did it look like? It looked like heat waves around people and in the air. Like I could see the air and I, at some point in time, I guess I realized that was weird that I could see air because people talked about it being invisible. Um, and I knew things like I always knew things. I knew what people were going to say. I knew who was on the phone all the time. I sometimes knew what would happen. I sometimes had prescient dreams. Um, It was pretty intense. And so I shut it down. I mean, I started shutting it down. I think my first ism was overachievement, Um, perfectionism, um, competitiveness. I had to be a straight A student. I had to be on the all-star team. I had, you know, all the things I just, and I read constantly. I was such an avid reader. And I mean, while it is good to be a reader, I was using reading as an escape from the get-go. I mean, for as long as I can remember. So I, I mean, I would say that most of my life was a conscious attempt or subconscious attempt, maybe even back then, um, to shut it down, you know? And that's why I felt really easy. I mean, between trauma and feeling high, highly sensitive. By the time I was old enough to start experimenting with alcohol and drugs, I mean, it was like the perfect, what I thought was the perfect solution for me. Yeah. You know, it was the only thing that shut it all up. <laughs> so after consciously shutting it down, mm-hmm. um, which I see you, I remember exactly when I shut mine down. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like reopening? Like, was it scary? Um, oh my God. So initially, like what I told you, you know, going back to the beginning of like when I started Reiki, it was scary because it was super overwhelming. I mean, it was too much and I couldn't use any of my numbing techniques. And so <laughs> I really, really could not because I was pregnant and, um, and then breastfeeding after he was born. And so, um, it, I think it really forced me to, it forced me onto this path. I had to, I had to learn it. Now it is, you know, in that, it, this has been a, a process of, of learning and experimenting and tuning in and talking to my guides and, you know, asking them like, what the hell's going on? What do I need to know? What can I do here? And learning as well to work with spirit in a new way. So I started working with spirit more proactively than reactively right and and for myself as well and 
I think the more that I do that, the more graceful all this becomes. I work a lot with the divine feminine these days. And for me, working with the divine feminine has been like life changing because I feel like it allowed me to really claim the power of the feminine principle to me, like what it means to be a woman, that being a woman is a, a fucking amazing thing. Like I'm like that my, my body and my, my sex have worth and value that my intuition is something to be honored, that my capacity to love and nurture is something to be honored. Also that within that capacity, having boundaries and expressing myself and, and honoring my emotions is very important as well. And, and, and really the whole process has led me back to, I would say, you know, along with my healing journey and the divine feminine for me has been a very, very important part of my healing journey of getting back to, um, who I always knew myself to be, but was terrified of and wouldn't let out and thought that there was like, you know, I, I was very, very wounded for a long, long time, but I knew that within my wounding, there was something really unimaginable, that there was a power within me that was far beyond what I was experiencing in my life. Um, the divine feminine led me back to that and, and helped me to open that that expression within me again. I don't want this episode to end. I <laughs> and I feel like the listeners are going to feel like that too. But I'm looking at the time and I'm like, well, you know, I have to wrap this up. So I've got, I've got a couple more questions for you. First is if you had a billboard, mm -hmm. what would you say on that billboard? It would probably say, trust yourself. Mm. All right. That one was easy. Here's the hard one. What's the scariest <laughs> thing you've ever done? Oh my God. Okay. So I have, <laughs> I would say that the scariest thing I've ever done was something that I've done recently. There may be something scarier, but this is the one that's coming up. And this was that I was really focused on growing and expanding and I was shifting the paradigm within my business a little bit and I was stretching myself a lot. And I really enjoy stretching myself. Um, I've gotten to a point where I can do things that, that really scare the hell out of me and be okay with it, like because I know I'm growing. Um, but it was to do on, on Monday mornings um, on my Facebook business page, I do these divine feminine activations. Um, and it's just a 10 minute, I pull a card for the week, I share a message from, you know, the divine feminine energy that's coming in. And then do I do a little live, like mini healing activation. And um, the first time that I, I knew I wanted to do that, it came to me as, you know, I was divinely led to do it. The thought of doing it, even though I do this all the time in my business, you know, typically it's not on video and it's not live. And, and there's not, even though I had done it, even in a room full of people before, I could see all the people I was, you know, this was completely different. I mean, I had like, 
it was so weird. Even the people in my life were like, this is so weird. I don't normally see you like this. And it was just such a huge step for me that I was like, I had like, not nightmares, but like dreams where I was processing through it, like the two nights before. And when I started it, I was like shaking. Uh, so I would say that was, <laughs> that was the most courageous I've been in a while was taking that step. <laughs> I love that. And what, the thing I love about asking this question mm -hmm. is there's no wrong answer. And I just love watching what comes through people mm -hmm. at this moment, because if I ask you again in an hour, you might have a totally different answer. Totally. <laughs> and I think there's, there's a whole, like Facebook live is this whole other weird, um, cause you can't have the, the back and forth really, or you can a little bit, but it's delayed. And then that makes yeah. it weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel yeah. Like. Yeah. You, it's almost, I mean, you're putting yourself out there. It's like you're leaping off a cliff and then, and you don't know if there's anybody there to catch you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like might be. <laughs> But they might just be scrolling by. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's where you have to trust yourself, right? Mm. I mean, that's where you have to really like, oh God, I'm just going to trust that this is good. I mean, it always works out. Even, even the hardest things I've ever been through have always worked out. And on that note, how can people learn more about you, work with you, um, learn about your retreats? So the, um, the best place is through my website, which is JanetRaftis.com. I have everything on there. I've got, you know, events um, both virtual and in person for those in Atlanta, women's circles, retreats, um, sacred activation retreats coming up, my next one being in Peru and um, other sacred sites beyond that. Um, and then also through Instagram, Janet Raftis, and my Facebook business page is Janet Raftis, um, Energy Healer and Divine Feminine Channel. Love it. We'll put all that stuff in the show notes. Thank you so much. This has been a totally magical conversation. I loved it. It's been great. Thank you so much, Kelsey. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.